What's up, y'all? This is your boy Desmond. And it's your boy Michael. And welcome to episode three of Channel Noir. Yes. And we got a lot for you in store today. Um, as per usual, we're two African-American men that go to Kansas State University. Yeah, we just talk about how we're feeling, mostly how we're feeling today, things that is happening in pop culture. We talk about how it makes us feel. We talk about things that are happening at Kansas State University. So, Desmond, bro, this yeah. is our third episode I know. and like it's so surreal to actually have mm -hmm. people listening to it yeah. and like judging you know like our baby mm -hmm. and like and judging you know our our baby and like this stuff and they believe in us and our voices and people just want to listen to us isn't that crazy yeah i just like i like that people like what i like or you know what i mean <laughs> i'm able to just sit here and talk and people listen and it just blows my mind because this is exactly what it is like when i like describe it to people i'm like it's literally just us sitting across from each other and having a conversation with each other yep. and it makes me so happy that like y'all actually rock with us like y'all walk y'all rock with how we think y'all rock with the things that we talk about and y'all just allow us to you know have this safe space and just talk about whatever is going on so Talking about what's going on. How you feeling, Des? What's been what's been up? How was your week? It was a good week, man. It was a it was a lot going on, you know, busy as usual. But mm -hmm. as far as just things going on in the world, it wasn't too much going on, but there were some things that were of course super important kinda, right? So um one of the ones that hit a little closer to home, of course, was the case of Albert Wilson. Albert Wilson is a African American man who went to KU, correct? Yeah, KU. Yeah, he went to KU, uh, University of Kansas in Lawrence, and he was convicted, I believe, 12 years, right? Mm -hmm. He was convicted 12 years in prison for the alleged rape of a white woman, right? Mm -hmm, that he met at a bar. Yeah, a 17, so it says here, the jury on Thursday convicted a 23-year-old former University of Kansas student of rape for victimizing a drunken 17-year-old girl in which he met at a Lawrence College bar. Man, so everyone is has been just blowing this up like crazy. One, because the recent events of another white student at a different campus. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, was his name was Brock Turner, who allegedly raped an unconscious girl by a dumpster. Um, there was evidence and there was witnesses. All he had got was three months in jail and a little bit of community service. Wow, this black man, Albert Wilson who was accused of rape, had no evidence. And the video, the surveillance that they had, goes against the girl's story completely. And he was sentenced to 12 years. So that's a lot to unpack. Like, it's really scary, to be honest. It's like mm -hmm. how direct... So really, you can definitely see the discrimination directly, like, 
in a decision that this happened and like to me it's more so like what does this say like send the message that this sends to young black males right mm-hmm. and i hate that it's this notion of this rhetoric that like stay away from white women right, right. and so like something that i've been learning a lot like just learning a lot especially with like our mixed brothers and sisters right mm-hmm. who has like a white mom or a white dad whatever and a lot of us it's like we get them in this like whole like this it's okay to be black and this is how you you know kind of define this definition of blackness for them and we tell them that like maybe you shouldn't date a white woman because of this and then it's i don't know for me i sit in the middle because it's like you have this rhetoric from a lot of black people saying like this is why you stay away from uh, white women Mm -hmm. right and to then the second part of that to me it's like but then you fall in love with who you fall in love with but then you also have these caveats of like historical presence of um black men fall in love with white women right a woman white woman uh-huh. and going to jail for 12 years for something that he may or may not have done mm-hmm. you know yeah so i don't know it's a, it's a weird situation for me because i, I really don't want to spread that rhetoric or that notion that like as black men we should stay away from black women right. i mean from white women though personally like i adore black women i think they're the most valuable woman in my eyes right, right? um but I don't know. To me, it's almost something. It's it's this weird balance. Because, for example, my, my for my mixed friends, who mothers white, right, uh-huh. and for them to say you should not fall in love with a white woman, right, but their mothers white, uh-huh. right, yeah. And so that's some that's a way I've been thinking about it. It's like how can you tell me not to fall in love with something that we who we fall in love with yeah. and the, who we first fall in love with is our mothers, right? Yeah. So we find beauty in that. And so I don't really know where I stand on, like, the whole, like, message that just sends to, like, black men. And it's so many messages besides that. But the case in itself is deplorable. Like, it, it, it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, so I was always taught, believe the victim until proven otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. And this is one of those times where I feel like it was proven otherwise, and it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, because he was black. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you always hate to point the finger, man. Is it because he's black? But it's like if this dude over here, uh, I understand. Which was seen, right? I understand it's probably two different judges. You know what I mean? But that is completely two different things. This man, this boy over here, all the evidence, three months, and this black boy over here, no evidence, twelve years. It's it's just. uh, And to me, the scary part is like the the jury, right? Like when we go, we supposed to go in front of a jury of our peers, Mm -hmm. and for the jury to be making these completely opposite decisions based on these two men yeah. who was accused of the same thing is i mean it just shows like how systematic this is right mm-hmm. because i don't know you would see how most most juries should if it's of the you know of your peers and things like that most decisions should be similar um mm-hmm. especially with that president said Aside, yeah. I guess another thing I'm confused about is the girl's motive, right? Like, if he didn't do anything at all, what was her motive in, you know what I mean, moving mm-hmm. forward with this case? I don't, like, what? So if he did do it, then that's her motive, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But if he didn't do it, what's her motive? Like, what What was the point of all this? That's a good question. Was it, it to, you know? Yeah. Was it to feel like the victim? I know it sounds crazy, but some people love being a victim. Like, some people like the attention of being a victim. 
And that's, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that either. Like, all of this is, I don't know. Like, to me, this makes me think about the sexual assault that happened to this woman at, at Wichita State University. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, but like a couple months ago, uh, this woman came forward mm-hmm. and said that the SGA president at Wichita State like, yeah. sexually assaulted her. And in the details, she continues to say that, like, hey, this is not to, like, hurt his life. I don't want, you know, anything to come to him. Yeah. I just want to warn other women about him. Mm-hmm. And so throughout this article, she talks about how she was falling in love with him. Yeah. How she found out that he, that she had that he had a girlfriend mm-hmm. so he was starting to ghost her yeah and so she was trying to like to spice up the relationship to see you know so yeah she talked about like having sex with him mm-hmm. but the part where she talked about where he sexually assaulted her is when they had sex without a condom which by definition is sexual assault yeah but then we talk about like the motive yeah of like coming forward mm-hmm. so like to me it doesn't feel like she stayed true to what she said her true motive was because throughout the article she continues to, like make jabs at him talking about like how his sex game wasn't that good mm-hmm. and she talks about how like she was falling in love with him and mm-hmm. he obviously wasn't falling in love back with her and so to me like the motive behind like why she wanted to come out and make this public starts to shift yeah and when you talk about like the motives of the, the motive of the victim or the motives of the person who claimed to be sexually assaulted it's really a tricky story because it's like in one mind it's like as a human, we're allowed to, like, question things. But then also, like, as a man who haven't, like, experienced sexual assault on uh-huh. either end uh-huh. of the spectrum, it's also hard for me to, like, try to put myself in a, in a mindset to rational uh, rationalize, like, things that I do of coping for sexual assault. Right. Even if it happened or if it didn't happen, right? Because regardless if it happened or did not happen, for this girl, it probably could have been a traumatic experience, regardless mm-hmm. if we recognized it as such. But... I don't know. It's just really hard for me to, to, to like, wrap my mind around that mm-hmm. and try to, I don't know, pick yeah. a side and, like, yeah. well, I don't know. Well, just a advice to all the men out there <laughs> where uh, the the fellow at Wichita State messed up is the absence of a no is not the presence of a yes. Yes. That's where he messed up, y'all. The absence of a no is not the presence of a yes. He also, given the entire story, wasn't shit. <laughs> but, again, the absence of a no is not the presence of a yes. And he was cheating on his... Okay, back yeah. then, we talked about the rich house. He was uh, cheating on his girl. He was... I don't know, he was wild. Yeah, he was wild. But, back to what you were saying. Like, as a man, I will never know what it feels like to be afraid to be raped. You know what I mean? Like, right. I... Like, is it... Like, is that reality possible for me? Like... Of course, I know I can walk down the street in the daytime and not get unwarranted cat calls or walk down the street at nighttime and not be afraid of a sexual predator, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I will never know what that feels like um, to be afraid, you know, as a woman does um, who goes through those things. Something I always do, right? So, of course, if it's dark outside and I happen to be walking behind a woman, I either A, cross the street so uh, she doesn't feel like I'm going to do something to her, right? Or uh, B, all right, it sounds funny. Don't get mad at me. It sounds funny. <laughs> but I pretend to talk on the phone and sound gay while doing it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure if you're behind a woman, she's like, oh, my God, what is this dude behind me? And you pick a, and you pick up the phone <laughs> and you're just trying to pretend it like to talk to your friend. But, you know, sound gay while you're doing it. She, and it's okay. a sigh of relief. I think they're so funny because I do it too. Like, it's this, it's, and it goes back into this thing where we talked about, like, in other episodes of like this act of performing right and to act a performance is a self is a is self-preservation is dodging danger and protecting others yeah. and that's a, a mechanism that we use too and one thing that like especially when i see women to make them comfortable like 
I I do play on that gayness, right? I'm uh-huh. like, oh my god, girl, I love your hat. Oh my god, like that purse is cute, right? Yeah. Even though like normally that's not how I talk yeah. or even how I present myself. Mm-hmm. But uh, to a girl, if I give her a compliment on her hair or like her outfit, that's not. I don't think that's a normal compliment that they're you know getting from just like guys all the time. But it does like establish, like you said, that safe zone mm-hmm. of like, okay. It relieves their stress. And it's so funny to me that, like, <laughs> that you, you do that. <laughs> yeah, man. I did a couple times in New York, actually, because there's so many people. Of course, it's a big city, so mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot of, it's a big percentage of crime and things happening. Yeah. So just to make sure, you know what I mean? I w- always want to make a woman feel safe, no matter what I can do. And then you also have to do that, too, because you're a black man, right? So no, you have to kind of counteract that, like, yeah. hyper, hyper-masculine, hyper like, mm-hmm. persona that mm-hmm. you may not be presenting, but that other just kind of attached to you for existing sure but one more time for albert wilson there was again there was no evidence and there was barely any evidence there was like a kiss mark on her leg or something i read um was the evidence and so i just want to say we're with you mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah because you're in our thoughts yeah because even though so it was really interesting i heard like 99 percent of all rape cases nothing happens or something like mm-hmm. that and so this is a weird one percent to me you yeah. know what i mean it's a weird one percent yeah it's uh, it's also very uncomfortable to talk about. But yeah, so talking about women, I remember we had a conversation about this weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and especially like in a situation of like thinking about women of like Lauren London mm-hmm. and all these super strong women. Yeah. What do you, how do you feel about this idea of a black super, uh, black woman superhero complex or what mm-hmm. others may call it is the black superwoman syndrome? Like, yeah. So how do you feel about that? So my initial thought about uh, the black woman superhero complex, right? was literally maybe about last summer, right? There was a tweet where a black woman did something very courageous, right? As they do per usual, it was an act of, uh, it was like a protest or something, right? And it was just a picture of her. And this black man put on the post, man, black women are superheroes. Mm. And all the black women ate this, this man up, like, oh my God, what are you talking about? Black women are superheroes. Why can't we just be normal people? And there's this conflict, right? Right. To me personally, where it's like, I, I'm i not calling a black woman a superhero to devalue their human side. I'm calling them a superhero because they really, truly do amazing things to me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that's what they are to you. Yeah. But they, it seems like, you know what I mean, on social media that some black women feel like when you call them a superhero, you're taking away the human parts of them. Mm-hmm. Like they can't be vulnerable around you because society has built this notion that they are super women you know what i mean that they are indeed superheroes and so yeah i'm really torn because it's like do i call you like yeah again when i call black women superheroes i never mean to devalue them mm-hmm. you know what i mean in that way and so it's really interesting to me especially how uh recently right in tv shows we've seen all these black strong leads right mm-hmm. shonda rhimes has been beasting with the strong yes. black leads, right <laughs> hello so of course you got your olivia popes and annalise keatings mm-hmm. and they are they command the room right to me in my mind i'm like these women are black superheroes but am i not supposed to call them that anymore you know what i mean because they are truly amazing mm-hmm. and and it's so crazy because um especially from like a perspective of a, a man perspective right like coming into the world and seeing your mom for those who have their mom in their lives it's like people say that your mom is the first person that you fall in love with yeah 
if and when you say that to me like i would also describe my mother as a superhero because like i have seen her do things that to me Mm -hmm. does not make sense Mm -hmm. like growing up i never had to like really i thought we was rich because i never thought that I had to worry and then my mom told me this story a couple years ago about how much of a brat i was when i was a kid like she used to buy us mcdonald's right so when we go to mcdonald's she's just like yeah get whatever you want and my mom wouldn't like she would order some off the dollar menu and then get like a, a drink right mm-hmm. and because we wanted a drink she would buy us to drink and she would save money by not buying her a drink and so she'd be like um Michael, can I have some of your drink? Can I have some of your Sprite? And I'd be like, no, like, buy your own Sprite. Like, this is mine. Like, <laughs> leave me alone, right? And so 13-year-old me is like, you you, you can buy your own Sprite. Like, you don't need to have mine. But, like, 19-year-old me is like, you are such an asshole, yeah. right? And then I saw a picture on t- uh, somewhere of, like, a woman cutting piece of, pieces of herself off to mm-hmm. give to her. Her, her kid yeah. and people don't realize that that's literally what mothers do and i'm not saying fathers don't do it either but like women they go through childbirth yeah uh which to me is godly right like to me that is something that's beyond like the act of actually bringing like life on this earth mm-hmm. to me is something that's supernatural right yeah. but beyond that like just being especially a woman of color being black and then being a woman on top of that being a double minority and having to just deal and navigate through these different stigmas yeah. to me that takes incredible strength mm-hmm. like physical mental like spiritual strength yeah that is superhero like and like you said before like it is this weird dichotomy of like having to break down the stereotypes of like what a hero is and a lot of times black men we are praised for being the heroes, right? Like, mm-hmm. like you know, I'm catching up on Game of Thrones. Right. And men are seen as these warriors mm-hmm. and these super superhero-like qualities. They save women. They save the kids, right? And so almost in one hand, it's like, it feels like when you say like a woman is a superhero, they're finally on even playing grounds with you, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, as a king, I'm recognizing you as a as a king too. Mm-hmm. Or as a superhero, I'm recognizing you as a superhero, which one I could, I can see um, could be offensive. But two, it's like this, I don't, yeah. I don't know, like I, I, I sit weird with it too because to me, like black women are, are godly. Yeah, they're super. They're goddesses. Especially in a, a country where the most disrespected thing, right, in this entire country is the mm-hmm. black woman and they have to go through so much, right? And in a country where if you fix everything for the black woman, everything gets better for everything else. I don't know if people understand that. But if you fix everything for the black woman, everything gets better for everyone else. And if you haven't noticed, black women the one are the ones that vote and the ones that predict, like, the future. If you, if you just pay attention to trends of how black women are voting, that's the person you, you should be voting to this office. Yeah. Whatever office. Local, nationally. Black women are always voting the right way. And black men and everyone else is always voting mm-hmm. the opposite of black women. Mm-hmm. And we uh, we see that every day. Yeah, so I guess, again, I'm conflicted. Because when I call black women a superhero, I'm not saying, you know what I mean? I don't, I'm not saying you have to be the toughest thing in the world. Which is kind of seems like that's how a lot of the women on Twitter felt, right? Mm-hmm. When he posted black women are superheroes and somebody actually did try to use Annalise Keating as uh, not necessarily a counter argument, but to help their argument that black women can't be seen as vulnerable. But 
I that's exactly what I feel like Shonda's trying to do. Shonda's trying to show you that black women can be commander room one, and then you can't you can you might see them break down next. Right. You know what I mean? You might see them start crying in the elevator or something real quick. But maybe maybe it's the thing of they can't do that in person. Like maybe they can't because they can't show that to other people because of the superhero complex. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was talking. I don't know, but now we talk about this. I remember like never ever seeing my mom cry growing up, like yeah, ever. Yeah, and we and we and so like a little bit about like my mom, my my sister and I really wasn't supposed to be here. Like my mom had so many miscarriages before us mm-hmm. that like we very well could have been miscarried, right? Yeah. And so the fact that like all those miscarriages happened, and then she had two kids, right? Yeah. Number one is like wow, mm-hmm. like get through that mm-hmm. then number two like just growing up of just me being dramatic or like whatever like i've never i've never seen my mom cry like in front of me around me like at church <laughs> like yeah no, never ever for real it had to be something crazy in order for my mom ever for me to see my mom cry like yeah so i don't know it's just so like honestly like black women from channel new war like we Love y'all. Mm. A lot of songs that I'm gonna put in this year, in this week's playlist is gonna be a lot of songs dedicated to Black women, mm-hmm. uplifting y'all. Y'all are queens. Yes. Uh, with y'all, I don't see y'all are. We follow you. Y'all tell y'all tell us how to vote. Y'all mm-hmm. taught us how to take a bath. Y'all taught yeah, us real how to do <laughs> how to do leaders. everything we do. And so, yeah, I love Black women so much for real. Hey, I also got another playlist called Cocoa Butter mm. on Spotify. That playlist go crazy. It's all Black women. All black women, but more up to date alternative R and B. So give Coco Butter a listen as well. And talking about black women, um, so Beyonce released her Beyonce and Netflix. So Netflix released their partnership with Beyonce called Homecoming. Yeah. And talking about Baychella, mm-hmm. and apparently it's supposed to be like the inside view behind Baychella. So for some of y'all that don't know what Baychella was, wherever y'all been at, Beyonce gave. Honestly, a second to none performance at Coachella last year. Uh, she was the main. Killed uh, she killed it. She was the opening act, and it was a to me. It was a giant homage to just blackness. Everything yeah. black. Like watching that performance as a black person, I've never felt prouder to just be black and it's also so black that like if you aren't black you will miss so many references like she brings she talk about like hbcus she bring out um the band the majorettes she bring she she bring out so much she shed like she shed light to like black greek culture like Mm -hmm. she talks about so 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 much through the songs and delivery and the costumes and the performances and everything it's phenomenal yeah no she really did murder it everyone knows what Baychella is um in fact at this very moment Baychella is trending again on twitter mm-hmm. and so is beyonce homecoming mm-hmm. trending on twitter april 17th yeah and so there's also this little clip where blue ivy is like teaching mm-hmm. <laughs> a class for Baychella and it's already one of my favorite gifts I've ever seen. It's incredible. Yeah. One thing a lot of people are also talking about is the actual homecoming flyer, how there's Greek letters on it that mm-hmm. don't make sense. <laughs> I, I think this is so funny because again, all the Greek people on like my Twitter timeline, like what's going on Beyonce? <laughs> like, why did you, uh, 
you know there's a so she, what happens is the flyer just says homecoming right but the the o is a theta and then she uses the e is a sigma mm-hmm. and it's funny because there's an already an o and there's already an e in the greek alphabet <laughs> and she and they still use these mm-hmm. letters far to, just so you can know that is greek affiliated but I don't really care about it that much. A lot of Greek people were like, what is going on here? That's not what, it doesn't say homecoming, Beyonce. It says homecoming. And, 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 but that's something that like we also see throughout blackness, right? And it's like, because Charles Gambino did it for Atlanta. Yeah. So for ATLs, they had yeah. Greek letters that probably mm-hmm. didn't make sense. And I was having this conversation with somebody and we talked about like, like what black Greek, like what they represent like in the black community, right? And things like that. And the attachment of like black greekness like to blackness and like how we look at it and do things like that so like what else have i don't know black greek twitter has been talking about because i i don't No, that was honest, honestly that was really it again as someone who who's greek i did look at it like huh but at the same time it's beyonce <laughs> and beyonce can get with beyonce it. you do whatever you want it's beyonce but I like the creativity that they tried to do mm-hmm. uh, on the flyer, but that's all they've been saying. They just just like Beyonce was this. Like everyone's ready for the content, but everyone's yeah. looking at the, all the my Greek people looking at the flyer like, huh? Looking left. What's going on? Again, I don't really care that much. But, but I'm super excited about it because I really hope it's the whole performance. I, I like when I say when it came out, I watched from 11 o'clock to mm-hmm. it was over at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And it was so great. So I would love to see the whole performance again. Yeah, I don't know. If but they like, put the whole have you seen like J Cole HBO? With, uh, oh yeah, when he did the. Oh yeah, <clears throat> he is. I want it like that. I want to see the whole concert, but also they implement clips mm-hmm. of like make them making it yeah. and like how it came about. So it's gonna be long, but that's what I hope to see. Like, what do you hope to that? What do you hope to see from? Honestly, as uh, as a band nerd, as a. Oh my God. Honestly, as a band nerd, I want to see things that she did with the band. And, of course, the Majorettes backstage. I mean, or, all from HBCUs. Yeah, so. Even the learning process. I just want to see kind of what that looked like. You know what I mean? Was Beyonce in there commanding the band? Nope, tubas, you too loud. Like, mm-hmm. Or, you know what I mean? Trumpets was going on. Mm-hmm. That ain't it. I want to see, yeah, just what she had going on in that aspect. Because I remember when it first came out. Um, so, like, she included a lot of Greek people in, in the project, too. Yeah. And, like, a girl came out she was like Beyonce because working with Beyonce you can't yeah. you're not you allowed to no you can't ask questions you're not allowed to say nothing on social media mm-hmm. so like she was her first time posting was like after it was over and she was like working with Beyonce what's the best thing ever she's very like passionate and driven about everything she does she has a she has a vision and she wants you to see it mm-hmm. and she's easy to work with very demanding very like and honestly it's just like humbling to see that like the little that we get of Beyonce and to hear background stories. So that's why I'm really I'm really hoping to see is like you said, like the behind the scenes yeah. of like like you said, like her vision, mm-hmm. her directing, yeah. and stuff like that. Because there was even like a little clip that came out last week with Nicki Minaj and Beyonce mm-hmm. practicing their performance. It was like a minute and I loved it. It was just one minute. It's so great. imagine we're getting the entire documentary, you know what I mean, of this crazy, uh, amazing performance and production. Yeah, and I'm excited to like talk about this even on Twitter too. Like y'all listening to like check us out on twitter and instagram and everything and yeah. like comment back like what y'all thought about the podcast because especially the black woman superhero complex like yeah i'm super excited to hear like what y'all have to say yeah so please mention us either at channel noir pod or even hashtag channel noir pod um so we can find your tweets i'm really interested in what y'all think about the black woman superhero complex and uh, specifically from black women you know what For i mean sure. i want to know how you feel about yeah about being called a superhero and 
Okay, so t- we're talking about like music and stuff. Yeah. How about this this bop, Old Town Road? Man. And the whole Billboard drama. Ooh. So uh, Old Town Road is a song by Little Nas X, right? Mm-hmm. And it's going crazy right now. Crazy. And Billy Ray bodied that verse. Oh uh, yeah. So Billy Ray Cyrus is on the remix of the song, and it's just amazing. It's I've never so I've never really been in a country like that. Neither did I. Because honestly, it's like the saddest music ever. <laughs> like. That's part of the reason I listen to country. It's just hella sad to me. My wife left me, <laughs> and then she came back. But sometimes, <laughs> but but sometimes uh, it's really comedic too. It's yeah, funny. Sometimes it is funny. But Old Town Road is like one of the coolest mixes between hip hop and country that I've ever seen, and it allows me to kind of enjoy, you know, mm-hmm. some of those different uh, country melodies while still keeping the hip hop feel. What happened was <clears throat> initially. Um, the original Old Town Road, not the remix of Billy Ray Cyrus, that just came out. But the original Old Town Road had initially been put on Billboard uh, Country. It was on both the Country Billboard and the Rap Billboard, right? Top 100. And the Country Billboard Committee actually decided to take it off mm-hmm. because I believe they felt it wasn't Country. What? Old Town Road. How, like, where <laughs> right. in this song is this not Country? I don't really understand where they felt. But I actually also heard that Billboard may revisit uh, the decision to remove Old Town Road from the country chart because I think it was so divisive within Billboard's board, right? Like mm-hmm. I think they were like definitely torn uh, between the staff uh, that decided to take it off in the first place. So if you haven't listened to it, I'm sure you have because it's everywhere. But go listen to Old Town Road by Lil Nas X and also the remix with Billy Ray Cyrus cuz oh, Billy Ray Cyrus killed crazy. it crazy Billy Ray Cyrus killed it somebody said Billy Ray Cyrus got the uh, got the horses in the back that way Miley Cyrus could have the limos in, <laughs> in the front, the front. <laughs> <laughs> that had me dying i thought that was pretty funny oh it was so great I, i'm also living for this moment too like this moment like these little moments it's like honestly really great yeah. um to have like breaks of like social media especially like when these social media stars are the one that are making yeah. these songs, like this is a song got called Uzi Talk that another like social media dude came up with that's like super dope and things like that. So I'm super excited to see like if he stays on the track. Do you think he's gonna continue like yeah. down this country road? I think so. I think he's really thinking about it, especially because once you see success, you try to follow the same breadcrumbs that try you laid the in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, to try to keep it going. Also. Wrestlemania. So I'm not a big wrestling nerd, stand, whatever. I kind of stopped watching it years ago, but a lot of my friends are into it. Oh, yeah. And they had <laughs> Yolanda Adams Look. open up at Wrestlemania with <laughs> with her like her all-black gospel choir in the background, and she sang like it was at church. Yeah, so I'm a huge wrestling fan, and to see Yolanda Adams <laughs> – Open WrestleMania was I was like I, I actually had to double take like <laughs> I was like is that Yolanda Adams in that gorgeous gown it was beautiful yeah no she really looked like a angel that descended on us she bodied it too it was amazing the choir looked amazing it was in New York this year mm-hmm. um, at the MetLife Stadium it almost looked like she was in concert for a second I didn't know how much we needed Yolanda Adams at that moment. How much I needed her. How much I needed to see that. And I was watching my friend's house. It kind of re- rewatched it again. And it came up. And I was just like, I instantly stand. Like, I fell to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> like, needed to pray. I was crying. Like, I was emotional. Like, 
Yeah, she was singing America the Beautiful, which mm -hmm. is a beautiful song if done right, you know what I mean? It's not like the national anthem or it's not like America the Beautiful is really, it feels more, it feels more regal mm -hmm. or magical. I don't know. That's a crazy word, right? But, but yeah, WrestleMania was amazing for those who didn't know. So Kofi Mania was trending on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> so Kofi is a black wrestler and he beat this other wrestler named Daniel Bryan. And it, it was crazy. It was like for the culture kind of type thing. <laughs> This 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 super cultural black dude beat this super rural white guy, and it was just really lit. Everybody was lit. It was probably was the the highest point in WrestleMania, and it really was something to enjoy. Even if you don't like wrestling, I I recommend looking up the Kofi Daniel Bryan fight just to see the crowd reaction. It really was something that I hadn't seen before. And something else that happened last week actually was Kodak Black uh, made a video talking about how. He would give Lauren London like a year, right? And then that he would try potentially try to pursue her. Social media blew up again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there were actually two people on the spectrum, right? Or two sides of, of, of the story. Mm -hmm. One side was really pissed, right? A lot of people don't like Kodak. They believe Kodak's rapist, little worm. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of just silly. Yeah, weird looking. And the other side was like, Oh, but Kodak was just um, explaining his, you know what I mean? Just giving his love for Lauren London, giving his feelings for Lauren London. It's a really weird situation. Kodak just kept being getting on Instagram Live, talking about some, man, I don't care how y'all feel. I said what I said. There were also a lot of celebrities that came out and were super mad at uh, Kodak for saying these things, right? T.I. said something on Instagram, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, the games video was everywhere, which, first of all, <laughs> The game don't even be talking about nobody. Because every time somebody gets famous, the game will come out with a, you know what I mean, with a little statement like, I uh, had sex with your girl 10 years ago, seven years ago. He literally just did this with Kanye West. Bro. And talking about the game, this is some, some UPC tea. So the game, UPC brought the game years ago uh -huh. to K-State. This is why like a lot of people in UPC are like scared to bring rappers on campus because the, it's you can find it on YouTube. It's the clip of the game at K State telling girls to lift up their shirt to show like show everybody their titties and yeah. like he's like being super like aggressive and uh -huh. like trying to bring people on the stage and like almost not like like verbally manipulating them. It was like you gonna forever be known as a girl that didn't show their titties on on campus and oh, stuff yeah. like that. And so like just like. I don't know, verbally harassing these girls who didn't want to, like, show their tits, but then he also making these girls, like, show their uh, breasts on stage in front of, like, a big concert on campus. Mm -hmm. So, like, coming from this man, so, like, like you said, too, like, the, the divide was, like, we have these men, we have these men protecting other men, right? They wasn't protecting Lauren or then come out to protect Lauren because she's, to because she's obviously the victim here, yeah. or at least verbally the victim here yeah uh but they didn't come out because of lauren but they came out out of the respect for nipsey right yeah and so especially all these men who have been known to dog women right oh, man. their own women to cheat on their own wives and spouses and things like that and just have their business out there but it's mm -hmm. notoriously for not giving a fuck yeah and then they come out on the name of in the name of lauren uh, lauren london but they really only doing it because their boy Nipsey just passed, right? Yeah. And so it's kind of this battle of, like, men and patriarchy. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't know, doing what's right for the sake of what's right and not for the sake of honor yeah. or, like, your boy. The game was the wrong one, man. T.I. was, too. T- they both 100%. was. They was the wrong <laughs> ones. Jesus. Ugh. Do you think that Kodak was right, though, in saying <laughs> that he'd wait, that Lauren London, I will wait for you, or you, you know what I mean? Not, It'd be a hard day in hell before I agree with almost anything Kodak says. Yeah. Um, why I don't I don't understand why why this person right Lauren London who just lost someone so important in her life that you would even think that that, that was okay it like it's first of all too soon second of all might not ever be a time mm-hmm. <laughs> like too like why would you I don't understand why he thought that was okay but to me place. it's this complex of entitlement that we have as men right mm-hmm. he felt entitled to lauren london's body right yeah. he felt entitled to the part was like i'm going to give you a year to do whatever the hell you got to do over there yeah. but when your year is up be ready right it's, so it's like so and so it goes into this it's a it's a whole nother conversation of like yeah. patriarchy and this mindset of this entitlement that we have over women and their bodies and the mm-hmm. things that they do mm-hmm. and so that's the crazy and that's the crazy thing is that a lot of times me and we feel entitled to not only women's bodies yeah. but like the things that they own and mm-hmm. things that they're doing and the things you know so that's that's a whole deeper di- discussion of like why he why he felt that way He's like weird. who gives you permission to say things like that first of all we know Kodak isn't the brightest <laughs> already but we also know his misogyny is loud wow. like he all over the place you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's, in, it's in the music it's in the videos it's in his own personal cases <laughs> that he has you know what i mean sexual assault cases that he has mm-hmm. that i'm pretty sure hasn't still hasn't been resolved yet i think he messed up or you know not i guess not messed up but he definitely shouldn't have said anything about lauren london you know what i mean mm-hmm. except for only thing anybody need to be saying about lauren right now is we love nip and we love you or we pray for you and your family you know what i mean not I'll give you a year to mourn, and then I'm going to pursue you. Like you said, the patriarchy is insane. What's ugh. so? Continue on just the conversation. So, as far as like movies, let's talk about movies for a sec. Yeah. What's happening as far in the realm of movies? Like, what just came out? Or yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So, give us uh, Shazam came out last week. Okay. It was amazing. If you haven't seen Shazam, please go see Shazam. <laughs> it's probably one of the best. DC movies out as the critics had said I do agree with them it's phenomenal uh, there's a lot of funny moments it caught me off guard originally I wasn't I was a little skeptical of Shazam just the way the trailers looked and I actually liked the character I followed the character for a little bit and but it it definitely performed and I think y'all need to go see it because there's definitely a treat in there I think everyone will enjoy so everyone should go see Shazam I think I'm gonna see that Wednesday you know, I also seen Pet Cemetery this weekend okay so Pet Cemetery had some issues <laughs> But, but, Pet Cemetery was still enjoyable to watch, right? Mm-hmm. Like Pet Cemetery, just still, it held up. It held up. Okay. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't great, but it was decent. I wouldn't even say it was good. It was decent. Oof. It's enough. It's it's enough. It was creepy. Mm-hmm. It will it will you will go home and still be like, man, that movie had me a little uneasy. So I would say definitely Pet Cemetery still a go see, right? It's not don't go see in theaters. I would still definitely go see it in theaters. So coming out this week, first Hellboy. Hellboy's coming out this week. Yeah. The reboot uh, of the very famous comic book, Hellboy. I haven't seen any reviews on it yet. I do hope it's amazing. Um, again, as a nerd, Hellboy 
Uh, the original Hel- Guillermo del Toro uh, movies were amazing. But <clears throat> most importantly, this week, Little comes out. Yes. Um, so Little <laughs> yes. is written and directed by Marcy Martin. Yes. She's 12, she's 12 years old. Those who don't know, she Come plays on. Diane on Blackish. And this is her first movie she's ever written. I've lived. And I believe name. she is the youngest person to ever pitch a movie and it get uh, backed by a studio so big. I love my say Martin. Yeah. And so uh, please go see that. Marcy Martin, Issa Rae. And it should be amazing. I'm so excited to see Little this weekend. Even if it's not good, I'm still going to go. You know what I mean? 100%. Support this young black girl who has a vision. I think it's going to be good regardless. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because she's, she's talented. And, and Re- Regina Hall. Yeah, yeah, Regina Hall's in it too. Uh, th- the cast is already, it's, look, speaking volumes. Um, but definitely go see Little. I'm going to go see Hellboy and Little both this weekend. And then the movie The Best Enemies, that's the one with... Oh, um, so that movie, so I haven't seen it yet, but it's doing terrible critically, like really, really, really bad. But I'm still going to go see it, check it out myself to see why it's doing so bad. Again, it had a good cast, and of course it's based on a true story, but Mm -hmm. maybe not every true story needs a movie. And we we talked about this before, like we haven't... We haven't seen it. We just watched the trailer and we kind of thought about it. And so, like, to me, this was one of those films that I was scared about being green booked. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if, y- if y'all don't know. Um, so, Green Book was about um, it was about this black guy who was super su- a super su- successful singer. It's based on a true story and his relationship, I guess, with um, his driver, who was this Italian man from New York, and he'd drive him around the South. And so... The reason why it got such like media attention is because the story that was supposed to be about this black man became a story about his white driver and how his white driver became less racist by dealing with him and opened his mind and they became best friends and things like that. And so my concern with the best of enemies with Taraji is that this is the exact same thing is going to happen. So this is between Taraji and uh, this other white man who's like the leader of the one of their clansmen and they're really just you know just race issues just going ham and taraji takes up and just like no we have to learn about our enemies so we can know how to fight them and different things like that and in the trailer it looks kind of like taraji is getting really close to this white man this white man is learning how his, his him being racist is bad and to me it's on the verge just at least looking at the trailer yeah like this is going to be another green book yeah so it's also not doing as bad as i thought 50 percent rotten tomatoes which is actually bad don't get me wrong it's pretty terrible but i just thought it was doing a little worse again i think it's interesting that so the other main uh actor is sam rockwell right and sam rockwell had just got done being in another oscar winner movie uh three billboards in evan missouri and he also plays a similar character where he's just post supposed to be racist you know what i mean again what mike says seeing the best of enemies uh, a movie that seemed like it's supposed to be uh, this black woman fighting for change turns into this redemption story about a white man. I think part of that narrative might be why this movie didn't do so well. But I guess I'll see. Well, we're coming to the end of the episode, and we just want to thank y'all so much for supporting us. Like, yes. ever since we, like, sent out the first episode on social media, y'all have been going crazy. Y'all have been interacting with us. Y'all have been stopping us. Yeah. 
everywhere we go telling us how like y'all really rock with the podcast and we really, really 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 appreciate it um literally i get emotional every time anybody asks me like hey we love the podcast or hey i'm listening to it yeah. or i'm about to listen to it like the fact that y'all are interested in getting to know us and going through our learning about our struggles and just you know walking with us on this journey in which we just stepped out on faith and was just like hey let's just do it and we just did it mm-hmm. and to know that like y'all are really rocking with us really really means a lot for real like i don't think i can say it enough about like seeing y'all and understand how much like y'all like love our voices or like understand and respect our voices yeah really 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 means a lot yeah i appreciate you mike said it best yeah and i also like i'm, I'm starting a group chat and it's called michael's safe space mm-hmm. and i talked about it on twitter um, so you can follow us on Twitter if you want to join. But really, what I intend for this group to do is really just be a safe space where I can have like all my friends or even not people I know or just anybody come in and it literally just be where we uplift each other. Yeah. If you want to send a bomb selfie, you drop it in the chat and people you know give you the praise that you deserve. If you're going through something, I don't know. You can just say, "Hey, today's been a rough day." We can get you some encouragement going on. Yeah. If you, you know, just got accepted to your job or a new grad school, let us know so we can send love your way, all positive thoughts. And I just, you know, just if if you don't have that, like, safe space or positive space around you, this group chat can serve as that. And that's kind of what I'm in the works of doing right now. So follow us on all social media, Instagram and Twitter at ChannelNewRPod. It's spelled C-H-A-N-N-E-L-N-O-I-R pod. Also, don't be afraid to check out the, the podcast playlist. Yes, um, that we have uh, created on Spotify. Again, all you do is type in uh, Channel Noir EP or whatever episode you're looking for. Right, Channel Noir EP dot one, EP dot two, EP dot three, episode one, two, and three. Or you can also uh, search my name, Desmond Weathers, D E S M U N D W E A T H E R S, and uh, should be a public playlist that you are able to see and listen to and follow. Again. Uh, we appreciate everyone for listening to our podcast. Go and check out those playlists. And I believe that is it. Is that it, Michael? That's it. That's it. And this has been Channel You Are for your listening pleasure. Every nigga is a star. Every nigga is a star.